something begins today, do you know what it's called? Advent. And anytime it's kind of, maybe I should share this, anytime I talk about Advent or I mention what's it, what it, what's it Easter? Lent. I always get the pushback. That's a Catholic thing. Let's rewind a little bit. That actually started, both of those started earlier than the, the Roman Catholic Church. And here's where you have to make the, the distinction around you know, fourth century or so, Augustine and, and Constantine, and all of us were part of the Catholic Church. Before you shoot me, hold on. This is, this is Catholic just means universal. So every Christian was part of the Catholic Church. And it's interesting to read Polycarp and Ignatius and Irenaeus and uh, the different uh, Justin Martyr, and some of them had some interesting beliefs. But you know, and to just to, they would talk about a lot of the things that we talk about and. And what this time of year was, I think around, I mean, don't quote me on any of this, nobody's solid on it, but, you know, 5th century, 6th century, what they would do is, and I know why they did it, is they would set aside, I think the three weeks prior, uh, Advent, they would call it to get your heart ready for the coming of the Messiah. And to get your heart ready, because you know what happens normally during the holidays, we don't get our heart ready, we get King's stomach nice and full. And we really come in on Christmas Eve services and we're dragging and gain five pounds in December, you know, and, and so it was a time to really get our hearts right before the Lord. And then just a quick history lesson for some of you around a thousand AD or so, eleven hundred, um, the Roman, the, the, they began to merge, Rome began to actually merge with the Catholic Church, uh, and they would buy the papacy. That's where the popes came from and, and uh, then, of course, the Eastern-Western break off the Great Schism. So if you learn church history, you'll see that the Roman Catholic Church came out of that and began to follow these different things that are not biblical. And so that's why we don't tie our roots to something that happened in 1517 Protestant Reformation. We tie our roots back to the early church. And we just keep keep going. It's It's they that split off into this... Perpetual virginity of Mary, immaculate conception, purgatory, going to a priest, and, and the papacy has a higher authority, or if not equal, a scripture. Really, Mary is co-redeemer. And I was an altar boy, and so I know what they teach, trust me. And uh, love love Roman Catholics, have friends that are Roman Catholics. But it's it's important to know there's a distinction in how this, this works, because you'll always get the pushback, well, we're the oldest religion, we're the true church. You know, we go back to, to, to the to the apostles. We just kept exactly what they taught. You went off in a little silly direction there, folks. You know, you got to come back. And I would, you know, I, I hate just, I want to be careful, but um, a lot of the popes weren't even Christians. Uh, they would buy the papacy and with money, and then they would merge the church and the state. And that that's just historical history, historical biblical accuracy on what how the church is split up. And there's a lot of different, you know, resources you can look into that. So, what I was trying to say is, is Lent and um, what we're celebrating today is uh, thoroughly early church history. It's not something tied to the Roman Catholic, the Roman Catholic Church. So how would you get your heart ready? Well, normally, um, here we go again. I'm going to talk about this word. It starts with an F, and it's four letters. I know what some of you are thinking. Fast. They would get their hearts ready by starving King's stomach and focusing on King Jesus. So when that day came, oh, by the way, if you want to join, we're going to, we have a fasting group right now. About 240 people are already hooked up to this. We're going to start January 1st. 
uh, for those who can do that. If you just fasted in October, I know Dave, we were talking, he did a long fast. And I said, don't even think about fasting for six months. You know, you got to let your body re- restore the nutrients and things. But for those of us who haven't, January 1st is we're calling a corporate-wide church fast. And so we'll be texting out information. So just respond with the word fasting and you'll get motivation, things like that. You can push stop at any time. And then there's something on Facebook called um, Roaring, Roaring, like a lion, Roaring Twenties, just like you spelled out, Roaring Twenties Fast. A friend of mine put that together. There's over 6,000 people following that page and I will be they want me to post a lot of things on there as well. And I'm putting my fasting book on Audible this month. Uh, so we're going to release um, uh, podcasts on that. And it, again, it goes with part of my calling. You know, God has put on my heart revival, fasting, prayer. Not everyone shares that. That's okay. But that's I have to be faithful to what um, I'm called to do. And it's rallying the troops, not just you, throughout America, praying and fasting. And, and there's a lot of people uh, who are joining in on that January 1st, so we'll prepare you beforehand if you want to sign up to that. I'll give you a little tip. Uh, begin weaning off the stuff you know you need to wean off of. Makes fasting a lot easier. The reason fasting that first day, that second day you quit, is because really it's like a drug addict going back to their favorite addiction. So if you wean off of sugar processed foods, all the chemicals that are in that, and, you know, of course, alcohol, caffeine. It's, fasting is, is, is not too difficult because uh, the body is switches from carbohydrates, glucose stored to ketone bodies as fuel. That, it's a switch that happens. So it's not that difficult. It's like when, when we're withdrawing from all the other stuff that makes it difficult. So you guys want to go cold turkey? That's good for you, but be prepared. Unless God calls you to that, of course. And I, I need to say this because it does come up, you know, people are asking uh, about, you know, of course we're going into the cold and flu season and you see, you know, what's going on in China if you're following the news or the big up, uptake, up, uh, uptick in pneumonia in children. And, and so we just encourage people, hey, if you don't feel good, stay home. If you have sniffles and coughing, stay home. We don't need coughing in the pew or having, especially in children's ministry, we don't want, you know, the kids coming sick. Just practical, wise Advice. It's always good to remind people of that. Amen, Jamie? Okay, good. I saw you going thumbs up. Uh, and of course, we, you know, and that applies for me and Abram too. You know, if we're not feeling that well, we touch hands with the most amount of people and we want to, you know, steward that and use wisdom. Not live in fear, but also, you know, not be reckless. And uh, next Saturday at 10 a.m., Children's Ministry is doing a special event. Next Saturday at 10 a.m., make sure you ask Kim if she needs any help. And then on Christmas Eve, you know, three services uh, we have. I'll be preaching the two Sunday morning and then Pastor Abram Sunday evening, okay, on the 24th. And then I'm going to, uh, Pastor Abram's pre- preaching on December 31st. That's normally when I take off a few days, two or three days, go into a cabin with some water and just prepare for 2024 sermons, maybe thoughts ahead of time, pray, and I've, I've been trying to keep that up. For quite a while, it seems to work really well. So that's all coming up. Um, and then we do have, I don't know if we have the list up there. Lena looked like she jumped on it. For all the things coming up in the first quarter of the year, we're going to be sharing this as we get closer. It'll, it'll have um, things to just get really put on your calendar. Because what happens is we forget to put it on our calendar. Or we forget that it's coming up. And uh, January 3rd, you want to be here. Our, um, our elder, David Thies, is going to teach on finances. And um, he... I can't really tell you what he does, 
on his off time because uh, I don't know if I have permission to do that. But it, he, he knows what he's talking about when it comes to investments, financing, the gold standard and, and silver, where things are going uh, with the market and stocks. And it's just it'll be incredible on that on that on that Wednesday. And of course, you can go through Ronnie Floyd will be back on the 14th. Many of you remember Ronnie Floyd. You can Google him. You can look him up. I actually just confirmed with R.T. Kendall. Have you heard of that name? R.T. Kendall. Uh an older gentleman, but I love when these older gentlemen pour into us because that's, that's what we need. So he emailed me. He's coming out. Uh, Al Whittinghill, if you remember, he'll be coming out as well. Um, and then Reptile Man for the kids. They love bringing him, bringing the snakes and all the other things. And then Seth Gruber. Seth Gruber on February 4th. That's what I want to get to. How many of you have heard of Seth? Um, just a couple of years ago, I met him at Rob McCoy's church, and then his ministry just really took off. And he's fighting against the abortion industry. Probably, I would say, remember Lila Rose? is kind of that same, now as a man, really smart, witty on it. So he's going to be here on that 4th of February. And that's when we're going to celebrate Sanctity of Life Sunday. I thought, this is perfect timing. He's coming out. Let's miss it. We'll miss it by two Sundays. But that's when we'll do that. And, of course, you can keep reading uh, the other things. Revive us again. I'll be preaching. I think John, John Stratton and his wife will be here. On that February 10th, uh, men's breakfast coming up. Meet and greet. Put that one, if you're new, put that on your calendar. You have free food and you can ask me any question you want. Free food and any question you want about the church. So that's coming up as well. And then we're, we're going to have a, a third Easter service, just not sure on the date. Now, again, all this is at the office. You can get all this information there or we will be texting it and emailing it out. <sighs> How's that for announcements, okay? So now the message. Revelation 11. Failure is not final. Praise God. Praise God. I mean, that, that, that to me is enough right there where I can say, okay, worship team, come back up. Let's just worship. I mean, re- really, that preaches. That preaches. With God, failure is not final. And you can encourage people to strengthen themselves in the Lord, to get back up and fight again, and to keep moving forward. Oh, I've done too much damage. God can't use me now. Well, I hope that's not the case or I wouldn't be up here. It's never final when God is on the throne. Last week, we talked about uh, the first opening chapter, uh, verses of 11, so make sure you you um, look at that. I talked about calling down fire, and there was 12 witnesses, whether they're actual witnesses can be debated whether it's actual fire or the words coming out of their mouth. God said your words will be fire and it will devour the people and consume them. Not physically in Jeremiah, but it was, you know, that fiery preaching. It just consumes our sin and convicts us. And so that was last week. And of course, um, I want to put this a little bit later in to make sure it gets out into the radio and people listening in post-production is if you could move over to Rumble. Move over to Rumble. Hello? YouTube is sneaky little stinkers. We're averaging one a week now. They keep pulling down videos. You went against our standard. How? And then stuff from Facebook. If I want to say, if I said what I really want to say, we, it's like, and you think that's offensive? The problem is it's the, you know, I'm not going to get into you guys know the woke ideology. You can't convict us. You can't challenge us. You can't say anything about about anything that we don't agree with or will silence you. That's totalitarianism. You can see where the, the, this is completely dangerous. And I just thank God that he exposed it with Twitter. and what, What's Elon Musk going through now? He was everybody's best friend two years ago. Oh, not anymore. 
Oh, you see that line in the sand is being drawn. All these big corporations are pulling. He's losing billions. And he's still holding the line. You can say whatever you want about him. I don't know. I'm just saying, thank God for that. Thank God to show... People should be in jail for what happened. Altering election information on Facebook. Silencing this. Don't let all these people cancel their tweets. It's a... You, if you saw what was on the back end of it, there should be a lot of people going to prison. And that is why a certain political party fears, absolutely fears 2024. Because a lot of things will be exposed if it goes against their, uh, what they want. If it goes with what they want, then buckle up, hold on. Either way, buckle up, hold on. Uh, you see a lot of what's going on, you know, with, with, uh, Hezbollah and, uh, uh, the other group there, yeah, Hamas. Um, Hamas just actually means violence, according to a Hebrew word in Genesis. And uh, we got the Saturday people. Now we're coming for the Sunday people. Is what that's that's what that's their mo. Now, do we live in fear? No, but we are wise as serpents. We let people know. I would like to let people know. Hey, you might want to just be more cautious and careful, and just just take it to prayer. That, that's what a watchman does. It's hard for me not to say anything. And there's a lot more I could go into the things that are going on, but I try to check myself often, like, is that really needed, <laughs> you know? Uh, so let's get into the Word of God of Revelation 11, or Re- Revelation 11, beginning in verse 7. So now these witnesses were giving their testimony, fire coming out of their, their mouths, whether it's literal fire, whether they're calling down fire. It wasn't like a dragon, if it is a literal fire. They were just able to call down judgment on the people. And they are just, nobody can stop them. Isn't that cool? Nobody can stop them. Nothing can stop them. But when they finish their testimony, (sighs) defeat. The beast that ascends out of the bottomless pit will make war against them, overcome them, and kill them. Now, something to be true to Scripture, the word Antichrist is not in Revelation. Did you know that? It's actually never nowhere in the Bible a person called the Antichrist. John talks about an Antichrist spirit. And then what we pull in, though, the beast, the, the false prophet, you pull in different things and you, you, you give that person the title. So I don't have a problem with that. The word Trinity is not in the Bible. Heck, the word Bible is not in the Bible. So, you know, it's used to describe a person at the end of the age, and many attribute this to him rising up, making war against them. And it's it's intriguing to read all the different commentaries. I mean, it's like these guys have have an imagination uh, on on all different spectrums of who this is and what what is, you know, Babylon in Revelation that we'll get to. And is it, was well, it this? Is it this? Because God says, come out of her, my people. Come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins and receive of her, receive of her plagues. Wait a minute, I thought his people were out of here. Well, no, that has to do with, it's like just, it's just, it's just very, very interesting. But this has got to be a hard season because they had finished their testimony and this beast overcame them and killed them. And so it's a good reminder for us that there are seasons when it appears that evil wins. And here's the encouragement this morning. During that season, don't let go. Don't give up. 
And that's what we tell people who want to take their life sometimes. Oh, don't worry. It gets easier. There's light at the end of the tunnel. Get through this difficult season now. It seems like all hell is breaking loose. Hold on to the anchor. Hold on to the hem of His garment. Because that season will come to the end. Oh, all the weeping endure for the night. Joy cometh in the morning. Even Jesus said this. He was taken in the garden. And they're going to kill Him. Very fascinating words, depending on what translation you're reading. I believe it's the NIV. This is your hour. This is your hour when darkness reigns. Jesus said that. This, hey, enjoy it, guys. This is your hour. Darkness is reigning right now, but just give it, just give it a few days. Just give it a few days. I think it even didn't take a few days. I mean, whatever you think of the Scripture, He went down and preached to those souls captive and like captive captivity. And did Jesus go to hell? You know, let's, let's wait till we get to that part. But He did something. He did something. I think He said, hey, guess who's on the throne now? Your kingdom, hell, death, and grave has been defeated. And He, and he could have led those who are in a holding, you know, Abram's bosom waiting. He could have led the, you know, it, 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 there's a lot of speculation, but we do know that it appeared even the disciples wept. His mom was, was, can you imagine his mom seeing the innocent son up there? Horrific. This is your hour when darkness reigns, but when that hour is over, you'll feel the pain of God's judgment. So there are seasons when it appears that evil is winning. So hold on. You got that diagnosis from the doctor? A marriage issue? Your, your, your son, your daughter who you raised in church and is now living like there's no God? You've got to hold on to those promises. And again, this, this beast is either a one world leader or it's a wicked system. But I do want to encourage some people with this next point. Sometimes we, we fail. And a lot of people are going to be listening to this, especially when we go on YouTube, just because of the title. Just because failure is not final. I mean, how many people watching, go on social media, are living in a very depressing state? They've just blown... Actually, many people go on to online to get encouragement. And so they need to know, as believers, that sometimes we fail because of circumstances, like this happened here, or sometimes a person fails, appears to fail because of sovereignty... Again, what God allowed. But sometimes we fail because of sin. Remember, we are always engaged in battle. If you remember this, not you, church, locally, because we do really good at this, but others, if they would remember that a Christian is in battle every day of their life, and when they fall, why do we beat them up? They're battling. I'm battling. So are you every single day of my life until I die. And we see a lot. Somebody's doing good and they happen to fall back into something. Instead, we should be doing, come on, let's get back up. That's why failure is not final. And you'd be surprised. You hear my preaching, but I treat individuals a lot different than I preach. We're always engaged in the battle, and sometimes we slip or run out of ammunition. Do you ever feel like that? Just stop fighting, giving up. 
or we are injured, hurt, hurt. Oh, personal offense is so destructive in the church and for Christians. So destructive. The book we've recommended many times, The Bait of Satan. And you see how God uses, God uses, well, He can use it for our good, of course, but the enemy uses offense, meaning you hurt me. And I can relate. <laughs> Trust me. I know it's hard to take those thoughts captive and to forgive and move forward. A lot of people have hurt us and we've hurt people. That's what, but working through that, because what happens is you actually become stronger. You become stronger when you work through it and you stick with it. But when you hold on to that root of bitterness and you go to different churches and you take that with you, Pastor friend of mine pastors a large church in town, and I just spoke with him this week. And we, we, you know, mentioned you know obviously some of our people go there and some of his go here, and it's funny. But he'll say he, he said the same thing. He said if they come with that that spirit, it's gonna it's gonna flow right into their church as well. They have not dealt with that unforgiveness, that offense. Pastor Shane said something I don't like. Well, you'll be saying the same thing in six months here. Because there's that offense that's not dealt with. And that's a root of bitterness that will come out. Deal with it this morning. Don't allow discouragement. Don't allow discouragement to be a detour to your destiny. It will. It will. Discouragement will detour you from your destiny. I'm going to date myself. You guys recognize that name at the end? My opinion, the best running back ever to play the game. Because what he did was on a bad team, even. And if you watch the newest documentary, I kind of wouldn't recommend it because Slim Shady cusses. You know who that is, Eminem? But other than that, I think Barry, you know, he seemed like he's a Christian or something. But eventually, he, the lines were not going anywhere. He faxed his resignation at the height of it. He's about ready to break all the rushing records and quits and never comes back again. Discouragement. And he didn't open up, but I bet if you could... Would you have traded to the Cowboys? And let's... Remember? Who was then? Emmett Smith? Think they did okay back then? Yeah. Discouragement. How many? Do, how much of and can it knock us off track? How much more important is spiritual life than sports? And if you're new, you've not heard this, but if you're coming in a while, you have. I love one of Vince Lombardi's quotes. He said about football. He said, "It's any man's finest hour when he lies exhausted on the field of battle, victorious." And many times they don't know where it's going. And same with us. It's, but it's that pressing forward. It's that getting back up. It's that, it's that Lord, I, I, I know darkness seems to be reigning right now, but it will not finish me off. It will not come to completion. It will not win. And that's why we tell people even that, that struggle often with mental challenges, you know, to help them stay focused on Christ and taking those thoughts captive. And verse 8, and their dead bodies will lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, 
where our Lord was crucified. Now, it is interesting that I don't know why they just didn't say, and their dead bodies will lie in the streets of Jerusalem. But he is showing here, I believe, Sodom's moral depravity and Egypt's idolatry. Those things took down the greatest city on earth. And so don't think for a moment that it can't taint you and me as well. So last bullet point up there, but I don't want to, I want to go back to the first one here. There was humiliation and open shame. There was humiliation and open. Can you imagine these great prophets of God? Now their dead bodies are in the street. The humiliation of open shame. Have you ever been shamed? Have you ever done something and it's, it's, it's shameful? Open shame. And again, this is why so many people need encouragement. If you look at the research behind bullying and kids taking their lives because of it, it's because of the shame. Hey, we got a picture of you in your underwear. We're going to post it on social media. The shame. And that's what the enemy wants to use. Shame. But remember, if you look to God, He can rebuild. He can restore. He can clothe you again. And sometimes it's a powerful testimony to walk out of that shame. Say, yeah, I've fallen. That's my past. But let me tell you about God. And He can strengthen you. He can strengthen you in that shame. Sometimes I think He allows it to humble us. Doesn't He? Humble us and humble us. I was just listening. I think it was focused on the family where, and I can relate, I'm sure many of you can too, but sometimes as our kids are growing up and as Christian parents, we think, and they are, they're a reflection of us and what we taught them. And when they begin to do things that are shameful, we begin to take that upon us and, and it really affects us as well. And 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 engaging our our parenting by how they're acting. And of course, there's a little truth to that, right? Obviously, parents shape. And, but, but sometimes that shame in our kids' lives will be felt in our own lives. And at, at the root of that sometimes is pride, is it not? I don't want people thinking, my kids do that or your kids do that. I remember something that me and Morgan worked through. She might remember it better, but when we first started the church, our kids would like to come in and run on the chair sometimes. You know, we oh no, don't do that. They're kid, you know, people say, why don't you, why, you need to stop them? Yeah, try, you try. It reminds me of that Good Luck Charlie Christmas movie when these got that grandma's got all these little ornaments out and says, don't let the two-year-old touch these. Just tell her no, right? Like give me a break. That doesn't work. You guys sound like a hawk. So anyway, you know, it's embarrassing and our kids are running on the chairs and don't do that. And, and then I think it was about later that week or the next week, we visited in Simi Valley. It was a church Francis Chan was just leaving. And Todd White, not a nice wonger, was taking over. He preached for me a few times after that, actually. And we get to church and these kids are running on the, the chairs. And it's his. I'm like, oh, okay, I feel a little bit better, right? But there's, there's just, 
and the, and the shame of, of or the or maybe just you know wanting the opinions of others and and reflecting on you know what will people think of me if we allow that and and you've got to make sure you don't allow that to c- come into your heart you need to battle through bullying young adults teenagers battle through bullying don't let others determine your future Here's what you need to think. This will help when you think of a, the people bullying you. They often have really deep self-esteem issues. They're taking out on you how they feel themselves or what's happening in their home life is not good. And so they're bullying you. They're making fun of you because they are often jealous of what is happening uh, to them. Is it that bullying is a reaction often? A 12-year-old, 13-year-old making fun. Making fun of your parents. Make, look at you, oh, you have this, you do this. But they're hurting inside. And if you can remember that, that will really help you push through. But they, they dealt with a lot of shame. I mean, obviously they're dead. You know, their dead bodies are in the street. But for the, even for the message of the gospel, I imagine, well, let's see, let's assume there was believers there watching them. Yay, yay, yay. And then now, now where's, where's our, where's our rescue here? And then verse nine. Then those, let's see, let's see if the world, the world was upset that they were dead. What do you think? Now it's interesting that all the world can see this, and so that's why obviously we think a lot of uh, the end of Revelation, some of Revelation obviously is for the future, because how else are you going to see all these people? Hundreds of years ago, if you read commentaries, they wouldn't even come up, because there's no, they couldn't grasp how, how can you see this happening? But now with the internet, even, I mean, even tribes in Africa. You see, they got their little smartphone. What, what, uh, a dirt floor and no running water, but they have their smartphone. So then those peoples, tribes, and tongues, and nations, that, that to me encompasses uh, a very broad reach of people, will see their dead bodies three and a half days. God is a God of numbers, isn't He? And they will not allow their dead bodies to be put into graves. And those who dwell on the earth will rejoice over them and they will make merry and they will send gifts to one another because the two prophets are dead. The two prophets who what? Tormented. So they either tormented, again with you know literally something happened in the heavenlies, or their words were tormenting. Isn't that true? When you speak the truth, it, you, what happens, let me just get a little practical here, or tell you what's going on. When you speak the truth of God's Word, there's either, you're either on the devil's side or God's side. So when I say something like, that's just demonic in the school districts, you know, people say, well, how can you say that? Are you saying these people have a demon? I'm, I, just, I just know they're either on God's side or the Satan's side. There's no, I, if there's a middle side, who, who, there's no middle side. If you're not fighting for God, you're fighting for the enemy. So yes, a lot of things are demonically inspired. Absolutely. And so when you speak the truth of God's Word, you torment the demon, the demonic, whatever. Let me choose my language carefully here. That demonic stronghold, I believe a lot of people have demons that they're not aware of. The Bible teaches that. And so you're, you're tormenting with the Word of God that... Demonic element. Rewind to the New Testament. 
We know who you are, Son of God. Are you here to torment us before our time? And so they were tormented. This is why you can, if you watch Ray Comfort or even Charlie Kirk at, at colleges, you know, they'll spit on them. They'll want to hit them. They'll get violent. Wait a minute, you're just fine a few minutes ago. What happened? Nobody gets triggered that easily. Come on. We can talk about Buddha and God is everywhere and God loves you and flowers from heaven and rain from heaven and Hare Krishna. Everyone have a great conversation. But when you go after that, light goes after the darkness. People are tormented. And that's why we are often careful and cautious. Because you can see somebody go from very civil to veins in their neck. And I truly believe what's going on in our nation, if some of these people could get away with murder, they would. They hate the message. They're calling Christians worse than Nazis. Are you seeing this stuff? Are you seeing where the, the, the Homeland of Security was watching mama bears that went to school districts more than terrorists? Folks, this is not made up stuff. This is happening. How is a mama bear going to a school district meeting worse than a terrorist? Because they're stirring up. They're tormenting. These people are not on God's side. That's why. And you see, and, and now they're calling out all these women groups. Why, why aren't you, why don't you come against Hamas for all the rape and, and what they did to women? Where, where you're, you're, Michelle, Obama, your, your voice is silent. Where, where are you guys? Demonic spirits. Kingdoms are colliding. So you can, you can see by who's your enemy and who's your friend what side of the aisle they are on. That, so that's why a lot of this is happening. That's why we shouldn't be surprising. Like, how can these allow, how can they allow this in our schools? This demonic agenda. Same demon working that agenda is the same demon influencing them. Of course they're not going to say anything. A kingdom is united. If it is divided, it will fall. And so all these people are rejoicing. Rejoicing these prophets are dead. These tormentors. Thank God. As I just said in these bullet points, the fiery words definitely torment people. That word torment is to vex in the mind. And the image, And if you look at the Greek word, there's different images of, of not images, but different definitions. One is struggling against a strong wind. Have you ever done that before? Bike riding or, you know, you're, you're struggling against a strong wind. So, they're, 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 you, when the, the, these voices, these prophetic people that were preaching, they were, <laughs> these people were wanting to go this direction and they were pushing them back with God's word. It was, they were struggling. They were vexed. It's not fun. This is not helpful. I like my sin and I want you to be quiet. They celebrate when the messenger is shot or fails or falls. They celebrate when the messenger is shot or falls. Here's why. They think it discredits our message. In other words, when you see Christian leaders, or they fall, right? Or they go back. They're like, yeah, I like... And they, they're, they're trying all over. There was a report of people looking at Billy Graham's trash. You ever hear about that? And, and they're just looking for every little... They're looking because it discredits your message. Now, 
let me clarify that. It definitely doesn't help, nor does it send the right message, but our actions never, ever, ever change the truth. Never change the truth. Oh, look at that pastor who fell. Or look at that leader. Or look at my, look at, look at what my, and I hear this a lot, my, I can't follow Jesus. Look at my dad. It never changes the truth of God's Word. It would be nice if we could follow that perfectly. But it never changes the truth. It's, it's alarming. It's, 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 um, depressing when we see these things happen, is it not? But the truth is still the truth. And of course, the big thing in the news, news right now, or at least Christian news, is uh, what happened with, uh, you know, with this coming out with uh, IHOP or Mike Bickle. And I just talked to him on email a week prior before that all happened. And it's just alarming. It's, it's very depressing. It's like, it knocked the wind out of your cells as an understatement. And we're hoping, you know, that things will come out in the future. And, uh, who followed Ravi Zacharias? I was quoting him in my books, and like, how is this even possible? But you know, without the, without the boundaries, without accountability, without brokenness and humility and the daily devotion with the Lord and staying broken before Him, staying full of the Spirit, that is in all of us. The propensity to sin is in all of us if we don't stay anchored to the Savior. And I shared with the men, I think some of you maybe before, there's a book out there written by Steve Farrar. I think it's called Finishing Strong or something else. But they interviewed 280 Christian leaders who fell. And at the top of their list, top of their list, I'll never forget this, was I'm too busy. I'm God's man. I'm flying here and I'm flying there. I'm traveling. I'm just God's man. Look at my TV ministry. Woo! Oh, now you're easy praise what you are. Don't be too busy. If you're too busy to put God first, you're too busy, something needs to go. Something has to go. I do that in my own life. I'm supposed to be in Arizona at a pastor's dinner with Charlie Kirk. Nick, I'm not going, I'll be here. I don't have any desire to do that. Two days, three days on the road, gone, that Marifest, great, great thing, I think, but I need to be here. And, and you make decisions. Are you getting that time with the Lord? Are you making wise decisions? Because 80% of those men counseled women of the opposite sex. 80%. What happens there, it starts out innocent, but then the attraction begins to build. Attraction begins to build, and that connection, that intimacy, things you're sharing you shouldn't be sharing, time you shouldn't be getting, and that, that builds together. And also at the top of the list, and I always remember this one too, they said, all of them said, that would never happen to me. <laughs> that will never happen to me. People come up, Pastor Jane, I hope that never happens to you. How dare I ever say, oh, that will never happen to me. Now you can say, by God's grace, by God's grace, I'm going to follow Him. I'm going to do everything I just talked to. I'm going to say broken, humble, accountable. And by God's grace, that will never happen to me if He holds me. But to arrogantly. And that's why, because there's something in us, call it kryptonite, 
Or magnet, how about a magnet towards And there's something in us drawing us away from God. So all of these guys, or women too, I can name lots of women, especially in our area, I knew living here all my life, it's left their husband and left with the whoever. I mean, it's just, that doesn't happen one day. Like everything's fine next day. Hey, next day I think I'll do this. It's a slow pull away. And you begin to make excuses. Well, so no big deal. I mean, it's, it's really it's that big a deal. I'm helping them. I'm, I'm in ministry. I'm really helping them. They need me. I, I hear that conviction, but I think that's just, you know, that, I don't know if that's God. Me and my spouse got in an argument. This person, boy, this maybe this person who's who, who I should have married. Maybe, maybe, maybe God wanted me to meet them. <laughs> I've heard all this stuff. Trust me. And the more you keep going and not repenting, not hold, not being accountable, you know, there's time I go, Pastor, hey, I'm struggling with this, or him, by, hey, let's pray for each other, bring this in the open. My wife, of course, and you, and you, you let people know because sin can't grow in the in the light. Because you've exposed it, you've, 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 what you've done is you've exposed the lie. But you keep following that lie, and what happens? Shane's gone. See you later, guys. What happened to our pastor? Where's our pastor? Where did he go? He listened to the wrong voice. He's walking out the back door. He's never coming back. Do you guys still hear me? Is it working? Oh, that's good to know. That's good to know. I tested the limits. So what you do is, that's the wrong voice. God, I'm repenting. I'm getting, I'm, I'm cutting off that relationship. Doing this, doing that. I'm instantly back to God. Back falling forward. Leave your phone out and your wife can check your Twitter and Instagram whenever she wants. Hello? There's people, I know, they should, no, no, I don't want to touch on my phone. She can't use my car. Who do you think you are, Caesar? And so you open. And we, and we've done this both times on Facebook. Hey, this person contacted me from my past, and I don't know what their goals are, but I don't need to get lunch. And we let each other know. You oh, As soon as you, because if you start dwelling on it, Maybe I can minister to them. Hey. Well, we, did, we dated 30 years ago. It's not a big deal. Right? Can we be real in church? Well, let, me go, let me go and minister. Uh-huh. And here's when you know, when you're starting to be secretive, you know. Where are you going? Oh, I've got to run and, and uh, get your tires changed. Or, right, you're being secretive. You're not. You're not. You're not. You're, you're kind of. You're not telling the whole truth. I haven't the foggiest idea where I was at. So, but isn't that true? I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help me. It's the same things I go through as what everyone goes through. People sometimes think, well, pastors, they must just walk on clouds and do everything right. 
No, it's the same, same, same story. We're just broken men called of God to feed the people, to shepherd the people. And there's just every single thing that people deal with is somewhere in the pulpit throughout the United States of America. Not all the, on the same thing, thank God, right? But it is, it is, it is there and we need to, that's the key, maybe the key takeaway is to acknowledge that's a lie from the enemy. Look and that, that's not going in a good direction. Expose it, repent, and get back on the right track. It really, and then here's what's interesting, joy comes. Joy follows. What used to be kind of secretive and because when you're living like that, you're, you're kind of depressed. Anybody, any, any, any witnesses on that? No, a lot more hands should go up, but that's okay. But when you're sneaking around and, and it's not, you know, you haven't really been that bad yet. It's the, the joy of the Lord is not your strength at that point. Church attendance. Nine times out of ten. Anytime, Pastor Abraham and I, the last three years, like, I haven't seen such and such in a while. Nine times out of ten, guess what? They've fallen. They went out that door and they're not coming back. And so we reach out and just encourage, hey, don't even just get back on track. Love to see you. But that's how the enemy works in the life of a believer. But now the witnesses are resurrected. See, I told you. I told you, failure is not final. There's always hope when God is on the throne. I just, I don't know, this just, maybe I'm, it's like a kid sometimes. I get excited like about Christmas, people do. But I get excited knowing that God is on the throne. There, it's not, thank, can you imagine, can you imagine if we're reading a Bible, if we're reading a Bible that talks about God and the enemy being equal and we don't know how it's going to end up. Oh, can you imagine but we know who sits on the throne. We know who is sovereign. There's nothing to worry about. Yeah, you might get sick and, and die, or you might get in a car, but God is sovereign. God is sovereign. We have to remind ourselves that, because fear comes in, doesn't it? You guys know I don't like to fly, but I have to. I especially don't like to fly after oceans, over oceans, because I think a crash and a shark's going to eat me. That's how I think. I'll do it if God wants me to do it, but that's how I think. I'm just telling you. You don't, t- some of you are the same way, you know. I think I tell you too much stuff, don't I? Now I have to get serious again. Now after three and a half days, man, the breath of life from God entered them. After three and a half days, the breath of life of God entered them. And I was reminded back in Genesis when man was nothing. God just created him. And the Bible says that he blew in him the breath of life and he became a living nephesh. What's nephesh? Soul. Hebrew word for soul. N-E-P. I don't know exactly. But... Or F maybe. But he became a... Li- what, see, it's nothing until God breathes life into you. And that's what you need to tell uh, people who are not believers. It, it's, it's dead man walking until Christ blows life into you. Well, you want to get into ministry. You want to be involved in something. Make sure God blows life into you. And then great fear fell on those who saw them. So 
unless you can move the Scripture around, and some people do it, it appears that, that witnesses, and that's why it's hard for me even to say <clears throat> the witnesses are like the church or the witnesses or something, other than two people, because it's pretty clear as you read the context that there's, there's witnesses. They were dead. Now, you can read into this that God revived the church, and you know, but we know that they are revived. So they're dead, and God revives them. And God can revive physical and spiritual life. God can revive both physical and spiritual life. That's why we do believe, we are a church that believes if God wanted to, He could raise somebody from the dead. Kenny? I don't know, it could be me, but you know, it's more impressive to know about Pluto and Mars and Saturn and the sun than to raise somebody from the dead. Like, if He can do all that, I'm pretty sure He can speak life back into those cells or the heart that has died. And so He gives life. But He also gives spiritual life. And some of you need to know this. Maybe you're on a ventilator right now, spiritually speaking. Many Christians are on ventilators, spiritually speaking. What is a ventilator? What's it do? It helps you breathe. You're, you're sick. You're not walking in the fullness of God. You're not experiencing that abundant life. And that can change this morning. How? Repent! How? Repent! Say, God, I'm sorry. I want to be renewed. I want to be revived. I want to cut out these things that are cancer in my life. I want to restore that broken relationship with You. Breathe into me the breath of fresh life this morning. That's why David said, he's still alive. Create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. Breathe life. The prophets would say, oh God, revive us again. They're not dead. They were dead. He's talking, he's talking about living people. Oh God, revive us again. So that we can walk around disgruntled and bitter and worried and fearful. Revive us again so that we can rejoice in you. Rejoice in you. That's how you get your joy back. You see, those people with bad attitudes, they, they just don't have the joy. They miss the joy. And you know them, right? Oh, here comes such and such. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Let me just strengthen myself. You know, just walk like, what's that thing on Charlie Brown? That little. It's just, get the joy back. You want to shake them? Get the joy back. Repent. Forgive someone. I don't know what's going on, but you do. God, God shows us what's wrong with us. Don't you like that too? Nobody can say, you know what, it's been five years, I don't know what's going on. God's not, I'm just, I'm, I'm dead, the things of God are dead, I have no joy. I don't, I don't know, God's keeping a secret. No, we know. We know. Search my heart, Lord, and let me know if there's any wicked way in me. I want that, rejo- that, that joy again. Now here's the key, it's up to you to follow the instructions. We don't have a problem with knowing. We have a problem with doing. That's the key. That's the key. I'm going to be releasing the book I told you about on, the, on fasting and even helping people 
you know, re- reset their, their lifestyle because health is being a big deal right now. I don't know if you've been following the obesity epidemic and even in our kids and the healthcare system and the disease and, 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 and I'm going to let, let them know and you know that we don't have a, a, a knowledge problem. We kind of have an idea of what to do. Right? Apple or Snickers bar? Mm, come on. Raise your hand, Apple. Half of you think a Snickers bar? I didn't say what you like better. See, that's the problem. That's the problem. The flesh is dominating. We don't have a problem with how to. We have a problem with want to. Getting that motivation back again. And that's one great thing about fasting. It will reset that motivation. King's stomach has to bow to King Jesus. And you begin to put those fleshly desires at bay. It's incredible. I'll change gears because I know that's a hard topic. Right now, during this season. January 1st, you'll all be ready for it. New Year's resolutions. What's the top New Year's resolution every year for years? We know. Yep, 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 we know. Did you know how... Let me... Rabbit trail. Why most New Year's resolutions fail? And I saw this because, you know, I worked at, at the, in the gym industry. We saw in January, the church, it's packed for the first two weeks. Well, yeah, there, I mean, there's a lot of different reasons, but just to, just to help you in getting ready for the next year. Number one is always... A short-term answer doesn't fix a long-term problem. Never. You see, anybody who is in shape, many of you are watching Gary Brecken now. He's a friend of mine. He helped Dana White. He's got videos all the time. They're, they're blowing up. Uh, what he does, Ben Greenfield, Peter Atia, uh, the, 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 the Dr. Huberman on the neuro, neuro, uh, uh, neuroscience I think he's at Stanford. Talks about God, all, and all these guys. No one does is 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 fulfilling their calling, taking care of their body. Who goes on a diet? It's a lifestyle. It's not perfect. Hello. I had some good chocolate dipped in peanut butter yesterday. Don't worry, it's natural cacao with peanut almond. It's okay. That's it, actually fine. I, not, no, I'm not convicted, so how dare you? But see, that's the problem. That's the problem. Oh, I'm going to try this for two weeks. You've already failed. Now I'm going to do this for 30 days. And you've already failed. It's a lifestyle of commitment to taking care of this trillion-dollar gift that God has given you. That's what it is. Ready for number two? Buckle up. It takes time. 30 pounds in 30 days. Mm -mm. Unless you're water fasting. But it takes time. Set yourself up for the year. Not, oh, by February 1st. No. No, no, no. It takes time. It takes time. The cells and the mitochondria and the the APT converting energy and, and everything takes a lot of time. It's the long haul. Oh, it's been, I've, people say, it's changed. It's been a month. I've been doing all this and nothing. How do you know what's not going on the inside? Oh, your inside is, is getting much better, much more healthier, detoxing. 
You're you're, you're going in a good direction. Don't gauge it by the scale alone. And don't look at Instagram for the love of God. Right? I mean, Rock is close to my age, and I don't look like that guy. But there's a lot of, you know, help. But don't compare. Long haul, don't compare. It takes time, and it's a lifestyle. Is it not a lifestyle? It doesn't mean you're perfect. doesn't mean you can't have that eggnog. Just don't have the eggnog and the Dunkin' Donut and the Starbucks pop and the Chick-fil-A and the In-N-Out burger and then stop by AMPM for this enchilada thing and then go by here. It's just, it, that, I talked about it yesterday. I don't know when the podcast will come out, but actually the definition, the definition of gluttony, if you do research, they used to talk about this a lot actually in the church. The definition of it is, is consuming more than your body needs. So I need a certain amount. I'm satisfied that's good, but nope, here comes gluttony. So something that was good now becomes sin. I know. Why can't I stop at five o'clock? I have to go have more, right? Because it's it. Well, uh, yeah. You guys are getting me way off track here. I was. This was a powerful message on the witnesses, and the, and now we're on health and fitness. Now, after three and a half days, God breathed life into them. And they stood on their feet, and great fear fell on those who saw them. Do you have the fear of the Lord as well? Folks, we need to get the fear of the Lord back. And the church I saw over, over the years, you know, if you go back, many of you will understand this, but it's almost like we've apologized for the fear of the Lord. Have you seen that? I mean, back in '50s, '60s, yeah. But then it's like, oh no, no, God, the grace, God's grace. Don't worry about that. God's not angry at you. God, yeah, he's, he can, he can get angry. Seven things I hate. Thus saith the Lord: hands that shed innocent blood, feet that are swift to running to evil, one who sows discord among the brethren. Watch out, gossipers. We don't go all the way to that side. We have the grace and the mercy that balances us. But the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of understanding. Those who fear the Lord will do great exploits for Him. Their fear of the Lord is is powerful. It's incredible. The right kind of fear. When you leave here today, and you'll see that little dip, right? You can't really see any car. Are you going to drive on the other side of the road? You get a pass. Of course, why? I fear there might be a. That's good. That's a good fear. Thank God for that fear. Fear of snakes when you go walking. It's a good fear, isn't it? Because you know. Let me, this might be a good illustration. I wasn't. I was going to. Hopefully, I remember it, and I did. A couple weeks ago, I went, and it's November, right? There's no snakes out. I'm going up in the aqueduct. I'm kind of just, you know, my. Oh, too late, too late, right by like a 12-inch little baby, whatever it is, and they, they have a lot of venom. I'm like, I wasn't even looking. It's November. Paul said, walk circumspectly all the days of your life. Watching, because he looks, the enemy looks for opportune times. He got, I'm, now I'm not tying this into the devil, of course, but my, if, like, November, there's nothing out. I don't need to watch it. I don't need to worry. Watch out for those times when you think, I don't need to worry. The devil's on vacation this week. There's a reason that old saying says, idle hands are the devil's 
workshop. And they heard a loud voice from heaven. So all these people are watching. They heard a loud voice from heaven saying, they heard it. Oh, I'm sorry, the witnesses heard it. And the witnesses heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Come up here! And they ascended to heaven in a cloud and their enemies saw them. So God raised them up. God raised them up. And I believe said, Come up here! No doubt for the whole world to hear. Right? God didn't have to say that. He could just... But come up here! Showing what He's doing. He often says things for the benefits of others. Did Jesus have to say, Lazarus, come forth? He said, I said this so you would know. Come up here. And then that same hour, there was a great earthquake and a tenth of the city fell. In that earthquake, 7,000 people were killed. And the rest were afraid and they gave glory to the God of heaven. The second woe is past. Behold, the third woe is coming quickly. Guys, don't play games with God. Is God shaking you this morning? Is God shaking you this morning? Look to Him. And remember, triumph through tragedy. As a believer, you can triumph through tragedy. I don't care what the tragedy is. You can triumph. What is triumph? Finish strong. Victory. Well, Shane, you don't know what I just heard from the doctor. Well, I do know what God's Word says. And of course, I don't say this often to people. I've just thought for my own personal life. You get that bad news, let's say, and it's, it's not looking good. Well, I'm going to go be with Jesus really quick. I don't know how that's a bad thing. Now, of course, fear from a human perspective, right? I'm leaving four daughters in California. Yeah, fear comes in, right? At least let me make it for a while, Lord. Right? That watchman, that protect, but God's the protector. God's the watchman. And the son, of course, for you who don't know. But you can triumph no matter what the news says because God is the one guiding you. And then there's seven trumpets and I could stay here a while and that's why I didn't know where to end this sermon. Um, and I want to hold maybe keep going next week because there's, there's so much and I don't, I don't like to just get through it just to get through it. And then you miss a lot of the, um, cause a lot of what I just said earlier, 20, 20, uh, 20 minutes of that was not in my notes. I know that's shocking. But I do want to end with, uh, and only, again, I'm going to pick up right where we left off next week. So that means you need to be here to hear that. Let the fire of God be here that weekend as well. But I wanted to show you something, uh, and it'll tie in even better for next week. I just don't want to leave it out. If we can put up the chart, or not a chart, but it talks about Hindu, Scientology, uh, the different religions uh, out there. It's probably towards the end, Kim. Sorry, I'm fast-forwarding through. But, um, and we're going to get to why this is important next week. But the bottom line was, all people who repent and believe have access to God. There's no hierarchy. And it's going to tie in again with, with next week. But it's, it's so important because did you know that the Hindus have a caste system based on ritual purity? The more pure you became, the higher up you were closer to God. What about Scientology? Did you know you can work your way up the spiritual ladder? Even many Muslims, they'll tell you, they do divide it into two categories Direct lineage, those who are directly descendants and have always been, and those they convert. Correct? Often, how do they convert them? By conquering them. And that's another big distinction with what Muslims believe in Christianity. We both proselytize, but it's, it's, it's one's in love and giving people a choice. The truth, the other is through 
the sword and conquering, and you have to. And they also have stages as well. And what they look, up, look upon people as. And then four stages of Buddhism. There's a stream enterer. Moe, you're entering into that stream of the divine. And there's a once returner. You're coming back. And then there's a non-returner. You're not coming back. You're not as holy. And then there is one who has gained true insight. True insight. And that's what they believe. That's why I use those words I can't pronounce. So you can look them up. But with Christianity, all of us are the same. Did you know that I'm the same as every brand new believer on the planet? God's like, well, now, now that guy's special. He's a pastor. Now, Billy Graham, that guy, boy, he's, boy. And people said this. And it's funny that I, I can't, I bet Billy Graham's mansion in heaven is going to be, actually the word mansion if you, if it actually just means a dwelling place. So I don't, don't get too excited on 24,000 square feet with the swimming pool. It's, it's, God, Jesus said, when I go, I will create a dwelling place, that's the actual word, for you. And then Creflo Dollar, people say, you know, mansions and give me, give me a thousand and all this stuff. But anyway, um, let's take that out of the edit, right, Matthias? I already see you. You're going to remind me. So <laughs> that's good. Conviction, right? And so he, he's going to make a dwelling place for all of us. We're all equal. We're all equal before God. That's why Paul said there's no Greek and Jew and male and female and slave and bond. And there's nothing Christ either. They're all equal. That should be encouraging to a lot of people. The encouraging that, that all of us are called children, children of God. And I want to read a quote. Have any of you been following? And maybe you don't. I just, I just, because I grew up with these people and they're my age. Uh, Shannon Doherty. She is on her final with cancer and, and she came out and just this week and she said, I'm not afraid of death. I know where I'm going. I think I would be afraid of death if I wasn't a good person, but I am. That just breaks my heart. Can you imagine the millions of people when they, my final breath, and man, I'm a pretty good person. And you're there at the judgment. He's not going to ask you if you're a good person. Wait, God's not even going to ask me if I'm, He's not going to weigh out my good word. He's not going to, no, nothing. We don't know how it'll go down, of course, but do you have the blood of Christ on your life? Have you repented and believed in the sacrifice that I allowed to happen on the cross? Believe in that and you will be saved because that's the only thing that makes you good. Either you have that or you don't. Well done, thou good and faithful servant, or depart from me. I don't know you. Nothing about good works. Doesn't that break your heart? I mean, they, they think oh, I'm a good person. And they prob- people are, by whose standard, I guess, but you know, there's some good people out there by their standard. I mean, you load it up against God's standard and there's nobody good, no, not one. Even our good works is but filthy rags in the sight of God. But failure is not final. I'm going to end with that. He may take you through the valley, but He won't leave you in the dirt. He may take you through the valley, but He won't leave you in the dirt. Failure is not final. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're going through, I was tempted to email the city of San Francisco this week. Or drive up there. Actually, I'm going that way, maybe. Here's why. Have you seen the proposed suicide net that they want to put on the Bay Bridge? Is it called the Bay Bridge? Or the, that big, so, Golden Gate Bridge. See, you guys know. That's a suicide net. 20 feet long on each side. 
was 170 million. Now it's up to 400 million. It's been delayed. And I want to say, I can save you 400 million. I mean, is it possible? Can, can people take shifts and walk down the bridge and pr- can they pray for them? Can we, can you put Bible verses? Oh no, separation of church and state. Can you put Bible verses? God, for God so loved. Can you, there's a lot more you can do, but no, 400 million. Here's how you fix the problem. You put nets down and you, and you hit the net. Well, can they jump out of the net? That's what I thought. I mean, you're still up there. You're still up there pretty far. So like they hit it, they're hoping they have a second chance. 400 million. When the hope, the answer is free. Free, free. Who takes of the Son is free indeed. But the gift of salvation is free. And I don't know, can, can you walk on the side of the bridge? Anybody know? I mean... Wouldn't that be a great thing to have people just going down praying for people? Or, I mean, Bible verses encouraging, hey, call this number. For God so loved the world, He loves you too. All things, all things come and go. I've been thinking about that all week. And things come and go. Every, doesn't it? Everything comes and goes. Except Jesus. Everything comes and goes. Even popular tongue, popular songs come and go. Remember all those popular songs that came across the, uh, I was doing YouTube, you know how they recommend something? And it said, Vanilla Ice. I'm like, that guy's still around? Ice Ice Baby is still around? He's my age. And I used to dress like that. Not quite, not quite. Right, you got the parachute pants and the jacket and it's just, Ice Ice Baby. Like, that one song? All these things are gone. Gone. One-hit wonders, gone. Superstars on the basketball court, gone. 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 Everything is gone except the Word of God and Jesus Christ. So don't go watch the Vanilla Ice videos. I'm just telling you. There's, I, just, I never heard of him again. And I asked Avery, you knew, because I said, how's he a millionaire now? That song was just one. He goes, oh, he's in real estate and stuff. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Maybe somebody will send this to him. I'd love to, to reach out and, and talk to these guys. I do not fear Hollywood needs God more than anyone else, or just as much. They are looking, they are searching, they're finding that fulfillment is not what they thought. They talk a tough game, but you get them behind the scenes. It's a very depressing, very depressing industry. We still have good news in a bad world. We still have good news in a bad world. Folks, remember, failure is not final. And so if you need to make that decision this morning, if you feel God really just convicting you that you've been playing games with God, you've never really repented and believed, let us know. We would love to pray with you in the prayer room. The Bible says repent and believe in the Gospel. That's it. That's it. You don't have to go through this class. You don't have to give us money. You don't have to repent and believe in Jesus Christ. And that's why we have this up here as well for us believers. The centrality, I talked about before the service, the centrality of communion. In the early church, communion was actually the, the center of the church. The pulpit came later. Did you know that? It was They would come together and they would do this in remembrance of what Jesus did on the cross. Then they would read the Word. They would fellowship. They would sing the Psalms. That this is a time to remember. Remember what Jesus did. And also to renew. Renew that commitment. And if necessary, repent. 
Always remember those three R's when it comes to communion. It's to remember what Jesus did. Do you ever forget things and when you remember, it really brings it back? Remember. That's why the Bible says, remember the wife of your youth. Remember where you have fallen and return. The power of remembering. The power of remembering. And then renew that relationship with the Lord. And repent if necessary. You know, if you've been engaged in sin and you know it's sin and God's been convicting you, don't go home living in shame and guilt and failure and frustration. Repent. And take communion and say, God, I want to restore, restore that relationship with you this morning. I'm repenting. I don't want to do that anymore. That's why Paul said, examine yourself before you take communion. Don't take it in an unworthy manner. And that's an unworthy manner. An unworthy manner. But you know what? I'm going to continue with my porn addiction. I'm going to get drunk tonight, but I'm going to take communion. That's dangerous grounds. So repent. Make that commitment. Partake again of communion.